0: Hello and welcome back to the NJ Multi-Species Podcast, Episode 4, with Joe Santiago and Chris Pereira. Uh, Tonight's guest, Chuck Manny, he'll be here in a few minutes. But Chris, uh, I think you have a couple things we have to talk about first.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I just wanted to touch on... I don't want to sound like I'm beating a dead horse here. I just want to keep everyone updated on the. You are, Merrill you, are Creek.
0: you are beating a dead horse. You're beating a dead horse.
1: I'm gonna beat the dead horse till it dies again. It okay. doesn't matter. Like, I just want to keep everyone updated on the Merrill Creek situation. Um, and I mean, like, we're da- I'm getting pushback from guys online. Like, I, it's a private, it's a privately owned reservoir. They could do whatever they want. No, they can't. The state has been stocking fish in this reservoir for decades and the entire fishery is built off of the fees from our fishing licenses. They cannot do whatever they want. There was some kind of agreement made and we can't seem to figure out what that was. I'm kind of hoping someone from Fish and Wildlife kind of steps into this and uh, helps with it. But uh, a bunch of us Went to the Harmony Township uh, Council meeting, and uh, we set our piece to the mayor. There's a lot, a lot of angry kayakers, a lot of angry hikers, uh, a lot of angry fishermen. Um, you know, it, it sounds like, thankfully, uh, the mayor of Harmony Township uh, is on our side, genuinely interested in trying to come to some sort of agreement with Merrill Creek. And uh, you know, we told them a lot of our points. what is what,
0: what where does NJ Fish and Wildlife stand on this? Where are they?
1: I mean, we're not sure we're getting a lot of political type responses from from some emails. Um, I, I want to believe that they're concerned about this, and they're going to help. Uh, the mayor over there, you know seemed mr. Tipton he seems like. He, like I said, genuinely wanted to find some kind of resolution. They, the commissioners reached out to Merrill Creek, supposedly, and uh, haven't heard back. And, uh, you know, hopefully Fish and Wildlife can get in on the negotiations or whatever needs to happen to come to sort of some sort of resolution because the hours that they're going to change to next month are just asinine. They make, it makes no sense.
0: Well, all right, we're going to move right on from Merrill Creek because the horse I'm is done. dead. Done. Yeah, so. I'm
1: done. I'll done. beat it again next week.
0: So another absolute atrocity. There are people trout fishing all over. Uh, McClintyre put a picture. McClintyre helps the state of New Jersey stock. He, he, I get. He volunteers, I guess. So he's out putting fish out. He's putting pictures up of a guy in the river with a with a five-pound rainbow on a stringer. You know, like the other day ten people got busted at the Ramapo reservation, like just fishing, like it was opening day. Like trout fishing doesn't open till April eighth at eight AM. Like there's little kids that are waiting to go fit. Like if you're out fishing, it's that's an atrocity, first of all. You shouldn't have a fishing license. Uh, A game warden shouldn't even approach you. You should just be hit in the neck with a tranquilizer dart out of nowhere and all your equipment confiscated and you just wake up with nothing and you're done forever fishing because this is ridiculous. You cannot fish trout stocked waters until April 8th. What is going on here with this? It's crazy.
1: I mean, it's not that hard. There's there are plenty of places where you can trout fish right now. Places that aren't stocked that have fish in it. Just yes, don't fish but there.
0: but but it's still like it's the whole tradition of it. Like my my seven year old daughter is asking me like, S- so Saturday is opening day. Are we going? Like the kids are waiting and these asshole
1: yeah, guy caught them all already.
0: Yeah, it's, what, what is going on? It's just ridiculous. I don't If you know. stop trout fishing, wait till Saturday at 8, unless you're in a TCA or one of the listed areas. You cannot be trout fishing, people. You can't. It's,
1: it's very clear on the website. I... Very
0: clear. It's also clear on the fucking 800 white signs on the trees that you walk past. That say you can't yeah. fish
1: till Saturday. All right, moving. Let's just Those go. Those are a dead giveaway. Move right on. Are, are we going to bitch and complain the whole time, or are we going to bring in this guest, Chuck Manny? I got one more. I got a few more things. I do have a few more. All right. You,
0: um, I talked to Jen Wong again. All right, Jen Wong said the bass fishing's been really good. It's heating up. Uh, he's had a couple days with over 20 fish. Um, small mouth and large mouth. The pickerel bite slowed down because they're on beds. And he also told me, I, I started talking to him about that lip glue stuff. You know how he always posts a picture of that lip glue? Yeah. I asked him about that. I said, What is that stuff? Like, is it really like lip glue? Because I'm thinking, oh, okay, lip glue, it like sticks fish to the lure. What a gimmick. You know, it's bullshit. That's you not what it is. That the
1: fish hold on, you no, I that just looked at it and I think to the lures like he wasn't using hooks?
0: No, no. I thought it, it I thought it was lip glue, like a gimmick. You rub it on the lure and like it holds well, the fish a, on better. Like just total snake oil. Name. Yeah. That's not what it is at all. So I come to find out this product. Lip glue or whatever It's made by Signal 11 Lures That It's the same scent company That we use for deer hunting That's made in New Jersey So I didn't even know And I love him That's the only guy I use I buy all my deer hunting scents from him But he makes that stuff For fishing And you rub it on the lure And it adds scent Jen Wong He absolutely swears by that stuff so I was, I was just, you know, like, okay, now I get it, you know. And well, now that I see come who on one week
1: and talk about it,
0: he should, yeah, Jen should come on talk about it because I could attest to Signal Eleven with, uh, I shot one of the biggest deer of my life, came right into Signal Eleven. Just, I I could attest to the brand. Um, moving on from that, uh, John Dorn. Uh, again, we 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 didn't get him on. He's coming on next week. John Dorn's going to come on and talk uh, bass fishing for a little while next week. We have to get him on. You're going to let
1: someone um, come on talk about bass fishing again?
0: Uh, yeah. I'm 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 becoming more open to bass fishermen. Uh, oh my god. There was another yellow dog paddle fish that was posted that looked like it had AIDS, and it was 23 inches, but it just looked like it was 16. Uh, so that was that's, that's, in the news. I don't know what's up with that. I,
1: where do you get your news? You just,
0: I just look at their posts. What are those? And, like, they put up ridiculous lengths. Just come on.
1: I don't even pay attention to that anymore. I, I just assume everyone lies about the length of their fish. If if you're not if you're not taking a picture of your fish and submitting it to the Sculpin Angler, I'm just assuming you're a liar. Well, that's another.
0: A lot of I I found Edward Gooth Jr. He he hit me on Facebook. He's the one tied for pickerel. Um okay. Mike K. Is on the board for crappy at 14.88. That's new. I don't think Mike K ever did skillful angler, did he? Like now he's doing it.
1: I have no idea, but I mean, if new people are starting to submit, uh, to submit fish, then that's great. No, you know what? I, I think I remember I saw his name on it with a pike a couple years ago. I think an ice fishing pike.
0: So he does do it.
1: All right, well, Mike K.
0: If you want to call us or email us about your crappy. Frank uh, Rosinski, who, who I said last week, he took the lead with largemouth bass. I said 23 and a half or something. I was wrong. It's 23 and three quarters. Chris Pereira. Uh I've never heard of him, but he's added a small mouth bass. 20 and uh, was, a quarter.
1: That's been on there. I already told you we did this already.
0: Yeah, but it wasn't... No, I didn't do these. I have Yeah, update. you did
1: this shtick already. You, you tried to call I me can out on I
0: guarantee it. you. I'll
1: guarantee
0: you, if you go back through the episodes, you will not find the smallmouth bass entry. These weren't on here. Okay. Dan Pryor leads with this hybrid still. Um, There's more new stuff. I'm trying... Mike... Oh, okay. So, the next morning, actually... After last week's episode, Thomas Wyatt, the guest that came on, talked about his yellow perch. He got knocked off the leaderboard the next morning. We cursed him. It sounds like we cursed him. So maybe if you do have a skillful anglerfish, don't come on here.
1: Do not come here. No. Uh
0: he was knocked
1: off by lose.
0: Mike Herman. Uh Mike Herman's now the leader of yellow perch at 14 and three quarter. Um And it looks like someone, Andrew Noonan, is now the walleye leader. So, because it was the same guy, led walleye and hybrid, but now it's not. Andrew Noonan has the walleye. Oh, and Chad Harder added a nine and a half uh, inch sunfish. So now there's a sunfish. There's now a crappie and a sunfish on the board. I have to get out. Like, I'm going pan fishing Friday now.
1: I have to. You, you you really want those panfish, you know? Stunts, don't you?
0: Well, Tarnowski will tell you panfish, and of course, you are the panfish queen. The panfish queen. I am the 2022 New Jersey Skillful Angler uh, Sunfish Champion, defending, and I will defend it. I always end up in like a vicious battle with Peter Rathgens. Like it's always me and him, like submitting sunfish back and forth at each other uh peter Rathgen seems to always Um, catch
1: giant panfish yeah i'm rooting i'm rooting for him 100 percent
0: uh ed edward gooth jr like i said i found him uh he talked to me and then i sent him a facebook friend request and he didn't accept it so he must just not like me i i don't know if he does email me um (laughs) The Mike Case has a picture of his crappy. Most of these picture, uh, guys did put pictures up. There's nice. And, of course, the last one, the king of the bullhead catfish, Dwayne Chapman. He still leads.
1: He be, is, he, is he still alive? Is he good?
0: Dwayne is still, he's not, well, he's with us, but he's not alive. It's a complicated thing. COVID okay. has ravaged his brain. It's eating it alive, but he'll be back oh, we'll eventually. Yeah, we'll Joe get. Bergen continues to just sneak through all the ponds and pretty much lead the entire skillful angler leaderboard without entering any fish. He just measures them on a tape measure and sends them to me, but he'd basically pretty much be leading the whole board already.
1: So, is that do you think that's, that's like a shot at you? I think that's how I feel.
0: It's pretty much Joe Bergen saying, "Listen, I catch giant fish, and I don't care about your skillful angler shit. Leave me alone." Yeah, yeah, he shoves it to me. Joe Bergen keeps shoving it to me. Eventually, he's going to submit one. Joe Bergen is going to submit
1: a fish. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna. I know where he fishes. I'm just gonna find them. I'm gonna sneak up behind them, and I'm gonna take a picture of his fish, and I'm gonna submit it under his name.
0: Listen, just so people understand. Just because Thomas Wyatt's leading Yellow Perch was knocked off the leaderboard, he's no longer the current leader for Yellow Perch, but he still accomplished the Yellow Perch. So he's going to get a certificate for that Yellow Perch. It still counts towards his masters. It still counts towards his elite. So just because you don't lead or catch the fish that's the biggest one doesn't matter. You 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 still want to get all your skillful angler fish caught in because you know it doesn't matter if it's the leading one it's you know you you need it for your own personal thing but now okay I don't we won't waste no more time with you Chris you want to talk anything more done? about skillful angler or are we gonna are we gonna go to
1: Chuck so what, I just wanted to real quick and Deuce just back me up on this he's gonna pull the clip from the first episode. Where you called me out on my smallmouth bass that was already on there and we're gonna turn it into some kind of wacky TikTok or something. He's gonna take Listen, care of that for me. The sunfish
0: Deuce is already sleeping because he's he was sleeping ten minutes ago. Like he <laughs> we literally hit right. he he hit record and went to sleep. So don't even talk he's to gone. him. He's, he's totally gone. gone. He's gonna wake he has an alarm set for like eight thirty, he's gonna wake up and say, Oh, are you guys done yet? This is bullshit. <laughs> um so maybe, all right, fine. Maybe the smallmouth bass was in there, fine. But the sunfish uh, is new. Late. The sunfish is new. Mike K's uh, crappies new. The the walleyes new. Thomas Wyatt was knocked off the leaderboard, so the whole thing did change. Don't give me your bullshit. Oh, oh god. Okay, last thing before oh, god. Chuck. it's gonna take five minutes. I have to explain this because I think it's an awesome idea, but it's kind of confusing. Uh, Aaron Graybill and Lake Pack on Guide Service came up with this idea. Aaron gets a lot of emails from, like, one person. It's one guy. Like, hey, man, I'm looking for a fishing trip. You know, I, I, I don't have anyone to go with, but I'd like to go, but I really can't afford to pay that kind of money for just one person. So Graybill comes up with this idea. He's going to have an open boat every. Monday and Thursday night. It's just an open boat. It's for anyone who wants to show up and pay $85. It's $85 uh, a person.
1: I already got to correct you. I don't think you can just show up. You do have to call ahead. It doesn't have to be a long time in advance, but I, I if you just show up and some other guy showed up before you and he's full and you're shit out of luck, don't All just right. show up.
0: Yeah, don't show up. Okay. So every Monday and Thursday, Lake Packon has a boat, a patio boat that's ready to go out. I think it takes up to eight or nine people. It's guided by who's ever working that night. It'll be one of the top guys. You know, there's only three or four of them. You uh, send him an email and say, I think I'm going to fish this day. You show up, you pay $85, you jump on, they supply everything, and they bring you to all the fishing spots and, and I mean, you fish with a guide so you basically can get out fishing with on a guided fishing trip for 85 dollars. meet a lot of other guys that might be on the boat and uh even more awesome than that he gave us four of these to give away so we're gonna uh actually wait, give it. away 4 we're gonna yeah yeah i told you that didn't i no oh i didn't okay you're kicking it around No, okay, yeah, it's confirmed. Uh, Aaron's given us four of these, four free passes. So four people are going to win a free pass to jump on an open boat guided trip on Lake Pagon.
1: That's pretty cool. I got to admit, that's pretty cool.
0: It is. If you don't have a boat. We have to figure out now what you have to do to win them.
1: Yeah, we'll come up with something.
0: We'll build an obstacle course or something.
1: That that that's a, that that would be amusing. That I mean that's listen,
0: I have my own boat. A lot of people don't, and a lot of people don't even have friends that fish. So I get it. No, like oh,
1: that is a cool idea. I, yeah, I'll,
0: I'll admit like that. oh, it's that thir- a cool idea. Thursday night, I have nothing to do. I'm just gonna go to Lake Packham, pay eighty bucks, and I'm gonna jump on a, a boat. And you know what? I I don't want to slip this out there because. I'm kind of screwing Aaron, but, I mean, let's look at it from a customer standpoint. If I had to pay the full price of a guided trip, which is, you know, a couple hundred dollars, to maybe go out there because I want to learn some of their spots or see how they fish, you know, maybe it's too much money, but now I could pay $85 and slip onto one of these boats and see how they fish and what they're using and where they're fishing, so... It's a
1: it, it's right. a... Sorry, Aaron, yeah. but yeah.
0: Well,
1: I mean, you're gonna learn something. I I guarantee it. it
0: guarantee. Take it as a
1: personal guarantee for me. You will learn something if you go. That's it. I'm Very just good. saying. I I.
0: Hopefully, Graybill doesn't watch this episode. But you could slip in the back door on one of these open boats for a little cheaper than on a. Uh, just jump on an open boat, make new friends. It it's awesome. I'll go. Yeah. Chris will probably jump. jump on one. Yeah, why not? But we are going to give. It's fun. Of them it away. sounds
1: like fun. I got my own boat, but it sounds like fun.
0: As soon as we figure yeah. out a way to give them away, we're going to give them away.
1: Ah, we'll come up with something good. Yes, we will. Can we? Are you done now? Did you get through everything?
0: I'm ready. I'm ready to go to Chuck. Let's bring Chuck in. Get Chuck in here. Let's bring in Chuck.
1: Let's do it. So our special guest tonight. Um, I, most of you know him you see his striper pictures all the time i mean he's a humble dude so i don't care if this makes him blush uh, he, you are a legend chuck manny
2: and i got a little bit of a cold so my woo's a little down and i was out all last night fishing so my woo's a little down too so but it was It was definitely a woo night last night, so it's all good. All good. How you you guys doing? We're doing all
1: right. You, You probably blew out your vocal cords last night. You literally came back from a trip, landed on the plane last night, or late yesterday afternoon or whatever time it was, and you went out night fishing for stripers, and you caught probably six or seven of the biggest stripers I've seen this season so far.
2: Yeah, well, we've been, you know, we've been on them, and you know, everybody's been on them. It ain't like this is rocket science right there everywhere, so, which is beautiful to see because I, you know, I grew up as a kid. There were no striped bass, right? I grew up as a little surf rat. I used to belong to Surfrider Beach Club and Seabright, and I'd be six, seven, eight years old. I surf fished every day, and if I caught three a year, that was a good year, you know, and that's yeah. it's unbelievable, to, unbelievable to see how it is now, you know, so yeah, it's, pretty, it's pretty awesome. Pretty, a lot of people don't remember all that stuff, but pretty awesome.
0: Chuck, what is the timing? What, what is Chuck? Your, your name's Chuck <laughs> Manny, but a lot of people don't know what the
2: timing is. What is it? Yeah, so the, t- the time man goes back to my son. So my son is Tyler Manny. And when I first got my first bigger boat, like I used to have, I used to have like a 16 foot long. The first time I got, I got a Grady actually. First time I was like ocean fishing in a boat, I named my son was born and his name was Tyler Manny, And I called him the Ty Man. Hey, Ty Man, right? T-Y-M-A-N. So I go, hey, Ty Man. And that's what I named a boat after. So that's where that all comes from. And that was now my son's 29 years old. So that's when I got that boat, you know, and that was my first, you know, like real boat. I used to fish like the Navisink, the Shrewsbury, the Raritan, I used to fish all them when I was really young, when I had a, a smaller, like, a you know, from a John boat to a 16-foot one. That's what I really fished in. Fished the Hudson a lot. That's where I caught my first big stripers. But um, that's where the time man comes from.
0: And you caught that's... a lot of big stripers, and you don't seem to be getting tired of it either.
2: No, because they're getting bigger, you know, <laughs> and you always just keep setting further goals, you know. Like, like I, I always was after a 50, and then, you know, I caught a 50, I don't know, a long, it's a long time ago now, but, um, you know, now I have a hundred, you know, and, I, and I, have this, I have this log book next to me just in case I ever needed it. But I, I write every time I go fishing, I write down that log book exactly what, if I go bluegill fishing, it's in this log book and I've got logs from back all the way back into the seventies. And, um, but anyway, those, those log books go back to when I caught my first 50 and then this winter, you know, I got my hundred and seventh. 50, and we did finally get a 60. You know, we had a fish that was 61 pounds, which was wow, that's kind of like my dream, right? I didn't yeah. reel it in, but that's okay. You know, it's still, you know, to me, that that's awesome. That, that's what it's all about. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, now it's a 70. I, I believe that with the new regulations in a few years, this, you know, the old 50s is 60, right? And now it'll be shooting yeah. for 70, you know.
0: Do you like this? You like the new regulations?
2: Yeah, I think it's great, man. I've seen a big uptick in um, in the size of the fish. Um, and I also, it's also changed my fishing a lot because um, it, I, know, I know Chris knows this. I, I like to um, pull the eels behind planer boards. That's kind of like my thing, right? And that, that's yeah. like a big, a big fish thing. And for whatever reason, it really works for big fish. And with the new regulations, especially up here in Jersey, you know, everybody's looking for keepers, right? And a lot of people make fun of me because I don't catch keepers, right? So they <laughs> they always – oh, who, always...
1: Who's making fun of you?
2: Hold on. <laughs> hey. Hold maybe. on a second. Uh, who's uh, making fun of you for catching uh, fish that are too big? Oh, <laughs> man, my boy Derek. Where's Derek at? Fisher Price. He loves he loves to beat on me about the no keeper thing. So I Do you ever
0: do you ever catch keepers or do you just not take pictures of them?
2: Occasionally, but most of the time I'll just avoid the pictures at all costs because it's just gonna I'm just gonna get grieved. So we're not going there. <laughs> all
0: right. Let me ask you this. I cause I didn't know how in I know how you I had I've gotten to fish your style before. Uh-huh. And when we were doing it, it did work. We caught some giant fish. But what about? I mean, you're dragging the planter boards with that eel. What are you doing with the fish finder screen? You're seeing you're you're seeing those marks down thirty five, forty feet too. I mean, are are they going to come up and hit the eel? Like I I was like, let's throw a mojo down the middle. Not hundred, a hundred per, a hundred
2: percent. And I've done that before. You know, like. Um, years ago, I mean, I, I mean, I can remember bringing mojos up here back in the 80s. Mojos came from a lot of commercial guys, um, you know, used to fish mojos in uh, North Carolina, off the coast of North Carolina for striped bass in the wintertime. And I used to keep my boat in Oregon Inlet in the, uh, that was, so that was the early 90s. That's when the stripers used to go that far south in the wintertime. And we used to fish mojos. And I remember bringing mojos up here and nobody knew what a mojo, nobody ever even heard of a mojo. This is 30 years ago now, you know? Um, and now it's like, oh, everybody's got a mojo. And you could definitely put a mojo down. The thing with the bass, though, most of those big bass are pretty high in the water column. Like people catch on spoons, they catch on mojos, but I'll bet you at least 50% of the fish they're targeting are above, you know, above those baits. So they're, they're limiting the number of fish that they're actually got a shot at catching, right? And that, that's why that planar eel and thing kind of really works. And if you, if you ever get on my boat, you'll watch. First of all, I, I, I truly believe that my diesel attracts the fish, right? I, I've seen so many of them, but you'll see them streak. You'll see a streak from 70 feet on the bottom straight up to my boat, and then you'll watch. The eel jump out of the water behind a planer board and then the eel get blasted you know and you're just like yeah, i just can't believe i just saw that I've never seen That's an eel great. jump out That's of the crazy. water yeah it's, it's crazy and you know the the whole thing with that planer board thing it really comes down to speed control like even people that try it some people have a real t- hard time doing it they always ask them, well how fast do you go and there is no answer to that because it all depends on current tide everything else and i just have a I've been doing it for so long, I have an exact feel of how the board has to look. I have a down rod that goes straight down behind the boat. The angle of that down rod tells me everything, tells me whether I'm gonna catch, whether I'm not gonna catch. And I'll watch somebody else doing the same exact thing next to me and they won't catch. And cause they'll be going maybe a half a knot faster than me or something. But like two tenths of a knot, point four of a knot makes all the difference in the world between absolutely annihilating them and catching one or two. So it, 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 that is a very, very specific thing in my world. That's why I don't mind telling people about it because you have to do it for a long time to get really, really good at it. You'll catch, you'll catch some big fish, no doubt. But to catch numbers of big fish, you got to get very, very specific. So,
0: so if you're so, heading out, I'm sorry, Chris, last question. Then you can go. Right. I, I don't want to forget it. So when you're about to go heading out fishing to do your thing, how many, I mean, how many dozen eels are you buying? You buying 17,000 eels? That's why I can't get any here. Yeah, by my, I, I,
2: yeah, if you if you try to buy an eel in New Jersey, yeah, they're sold out. I got them all, but that's, you're <laughs> so. I have a I have a pen that's behind not even my, a joke. I have a pen behind they're hard to find. I'm wondering if Chuck's buying all of them. Yeah, I mean, he I is. Keep a that's pen. not even a joke. No, I keep a pen behind my boat, and I usually have, you know, three to four hundred eels in that pen, you know. And, Are you but, serious?
0: Goes, yeah, yeah, listen. Wait, is he for listen real, or is he
2: serious? Is he yeah, serious? no,
1: listen to me. He said I talked to him before, and he said, oh, no, I don't mind sharing what I do. I bought all the fucking eels already anyway.
0: Wait, he has a pen with four hundred eels behind his boat. Yeah. If, he, if he's saying you.
1: it, I believe it.
0: Oh
2: okay, so yeah. now
0: you're heading out to go striper fishing. How many? How many
2: eels have to go onto the boat to go out fishing? Oh, I'll I'll bring, I'll bring somewhere around hundred. You know, hundred, and I want it. You know, and I keep them in my live well so they're really frisky. i do not want it like I don't put them on ice. I don't smack their tails. I'm looking for that eel to. Swim I
0: think right when and me and Chris them. went, we brought twelve eels for the whole day. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: because we because we couldn't find them. Yeah, was, we. we we fished. We fished with your buddy Matty Fish, who, who I became friends with now, and and I've gotten a taste of, of this this method that he learned from you. Um, and like he's like, oh, can you can you guys pick up some eels? And I, I'm going to the bait shop. The guy's like, uh, yeah, I got a couple. I, I guess I'll I'll take them all. And he gives me he hands me like 14 eels. I'm like, okay, thanks.
2: Yeah, yeah it. it's hard. It's hard, especially now. You know, so now uh, now it's hard to get them, especially in the springtime. But like yesterday, last night, we were just pulling live bunker behind the boards. That works, that works really well, too. The only difference between bunker and eels is when you put the, eel, the bunker behind the boards, the bunker, you know, about a, after about a half an hour, they get tired. You're going to need to swap them out if you don't get hit a lot. And just like live lining, when you put the bunker behind the boards, You'll get more hits. You'll get more hits on the bunker than you will the eels. You'll catch way more fish on the eels than you'll get on the bunker because your hookup ratio is way, way better. Because the eels don't escape like the, like the, like the bunker do.
0: What makes so, you—now, why not just use the eels at night, too? Why switch to bunker? Only because
2: I, could, I couldn't get them. Only oh, because right. I don't have any eels right now. We're supposed to get our first eels this week. So. so if
0: you had eels, you'd be just dragging eels twenty-four hours.
2: Yeah, I like I like having the bunker. The bunker are super fun. Like if you have if I have people on the boat that are like um catch fish guys, they like action, you know, I'll always put bunker behind like the close planer boards because you'll see a lot of blow-ups and stuff, right? So you Always will have action instead of waiting for a rod to double over. So, so the, the bunker is more exci- much more exciting than the eels. But like I said, you'll catch you'll catch more on the eels, and you'll get. And I guarantee you, like my log will tell you, the biggest fish invariably will be on the eel. Doesn't mean that you won't catch. You know, one day you might catch the biggest fish on a bunker, right? But over a hundred trips. You know, I'll bet you yeah, 75, 80 percent of the time the biggest fish was gonna come on the eel. For whatever reason that is, I don't know. And I don't I don't really care, right? That's that's just a proven yeah. fact.
0: Did you did you learn this from someone or you figured this out?
2: Yeah, I mean, if you go down, if you fish any lake that any striper lake down south, like from Virginia South, all they do is pull planer boards. Now, most of them they pull planer boards with like um, herring behind them right hickory shad that's what they do they don't pull eels but some of those guys go to the chesapeake in the winter time and for years like all of a sudden they would we used to bobber fish mainly like so we would put out 12 bobbers if you look at my boat you'll see i have 13 rod holders down the side each side of my boat and you can drift And put out bobbers, and that's what we used to do. And then over time, he figured out that we could cover more water by you putting them on planer boards and getting them off the side of the boat. So that's when we started switching to planer boards. But it all comes from lake fishing down in the southeast part of the United States. That's where that That, all comes. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, that's cool. It's like the coolest things in fishing always seem to come. Like everything comes from somewhere, right? And Someone will take it like you took this, and you just adapted it to the situation that you had personally at hand, and you just turned it into something completely different. It, it's just, yeah,
2: it's so cool. Yeah, I think it's amazing though how many times like I'll talk to people and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, in the winter time I went to uh you know I, I went to the Keys and I went tarpon fishing, right? Or I went to Panama. Like I just went to Panama and they went, you know, rooster fishing or whatever they did, and they." and they go there and they have a great time and they do something totally different than they do here. But then they come back and it was just like, it was a vacation. That whole thing. Like if you take fish or fish, if you take what you did down there and try to adapt it to what you do here, I guarantee you, you will find an application where you will catch more fish because of what you learned on your little vacation, you know? And it's funny how people don't, people don't do that, you know?
1: nah, yeah. You know, they, be, they tend to become very robotic or like, and it just, you know, take something from somewhere else, adapt it to what you're doing. You, you just never know. You know, like, I don't know, nine times out of ten, maybe it doesn't work. Maybe nothing right. happens. That one out of ten times, you could come up with gold.
2: Yeah. Well, it's the same thing. Like, on social media, people will be like, ah, I get all the time. People will be like, do you ever get skunked? Do you ever get skunked? You know? And I'm like... Well, I fish like I'm retired, right? I've been retired for like 18 years. I, I fish like four or five times a week. I post like the day after I catch, right? So if you don't see me post for like four or five days, I got skunked. <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> you know, that's why I didn't post.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah,
2: you know. So, I mean, and- I, I, don't, I don't usually go
1: online and say, oh, uh, hey, guys, what's up? Uh, I went fishing today. I didn't catch anything. Have a nice day and I'll talk to you tomorrow
2: exactly like that's just the way it is you know like so so like but but I'm, but i'm not a guy you know people always ask like oh how much do you cost for a charter you know you know do you do six packs i'm like no, no I, don't, I don't i just take friends and uh um, <laughs> all right i got
1: i got a funny story for that before you go on because i know okay. joe's gonna want to laugh at me for this because you brought it up the first time i saw i'm friends with justin lerner obviously right and he came out fishing with you a couple times so Yep. Yeah. I I didn't know I didn't I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know you. So I see Justin Learners posting these pictures and these striped bass like I've never seen before. Just monsters. And I'm not typically someone who like you know I do striper fishing. I, I don't typically if I'm going to go on a charter I'm going like black I'm paying for blackfish charter. I'm not typically yeah. paying for a striper <coughs> charter. But I see I see these fish and I'm like, and then he goes again with you and he's put the, and I'm like and again, I knew nothing. I call him and I'm like, look, Justin, I, I know I told you, like, striper fishing charter is not really my thing. Like, I, I got to go with you next time you go with this guy. Like, let me know. I don't care how much it is. Like, I want, like, get me in on the trip, man. And he's like, no, it's not a charter. I'm just fishing with my buddy. I'm like, I just, I I, think, I don't think I said anything. I just was st- sit there on the phone. I'm like, what? I'm like, he's not a charter. I'm like, what? He's, He's putting – I've never seen anything like that. I've seen – I follow all the Charter guys. I've never seen consistent monster stripers like this before.
0: Every
2: every fish
0: is gigantic. Every fish is huge.
2: But that's because that's what I fish for. You know what I mean? Like, it's so different because I'm not a Charter, right? Like, the Charter guy – like going back to the regulations, like the charter guy, what happens come, you know, what, what happens, he, he, he wants to catch a certain number of keepers, right? So right. Raritan Bay has tons of big fish, but they're mixed with other fish. You, when you catch big fish in Raritan Bay, you're weeding through fish to catch a big fish, right? That's different than what I do, right? I'm trying to go somewhere where there are no little fish, it's only big fish, and like, you know, once again, I would bring up Derek's name, right? Or, or Johnny Cantello, somebody like that. They know exactly what I do. They could do what I do, but they'd have to go, they're going to the ocean and they're not going to catch a keeper, right? So their Your customers- that depends
1: what the clients want.
2: Right, their clients want, they want to catch a big fish, but they also want keepers. You can't, those two things right. don't necessarily go together. Right now in April, they do. Into May, they yeah. do. But when you get to say May 15th and on, you know, I'm going to the ocean. I'm going to the ocean and I am going to see literally two boats a day. Not nobody's out there like everyone talks about the crowds. I don't see anybody. I don't see <laughs> anybody. Yeah. But because I'm getting away from those fish, you know. What do you but,
0: think about what do you think about the bluefish, Chuck? You think the, the the striper uh flurry is what's pushing them out or
2: I don't know. But the funny thing is going back to this method of like pulling eels behind a a planer board, you know, 10 years ago, I used to do it in Virginia. I would try to do it here early in the spring. I couldn't do it as soon as the bluefish showed up because you would go through 100 eels a day. You would just get chomped to hell. And the only reason I can do it now is because the bluefish have disappeared. Right. So for me. I mean, I, it's not that I'm. A, I love fish in general, so I. I. It's terrible. The bluefish aren't here, but for my type of fishing, it's amazing. It's totally changed my world. They're now. out of your way. They're, They're out of the out way. Of way. You know. Wait, hold yeah. on. It,
1: you're saying so. You're saying the blue fishing hasn't been that good the last couple of years because Scott Tarnowski telling me it's still great.
2: Yeah. Not, not where. Yeah. Not like. So what? What blue fishing is now is very targeted to me. You know what I mean? Like 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 oh there's a running rat and day, here's the the Manasquan bon river you know not remember when we had bazillions of bluefish that was a little bit oh, yeah
0: well scott Tarnowski moved out of new jersey when there was still a ton of bluefish and he got in an argument with chris today and he started telling us how great the bluefishing is and we kind of had to tell him like uh no not anymore <laughs> Like you can only any? keep two now. Like you can't keep a garbage can full anymore. <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: yes. yeah. That was that was a little. A little those are
2: kind of ridiculous times. I feel like uh, it's a little different world than it was. I mean, even ten years ago, you know. But I'm but, curious: are they
0: got like are they gone, or did they can they just not come in because there's too many
2: stripers from this slot fish that they just get pushed out? I don't know. I mean, there's so much bait here. You know when the regulations changed, where they where the Omega boats and everything kind of got out of New Jersey on the bunker. I feel like that changed our striper world. Like I, you know, once again, if you can just look at where I kept my boat. You know, I've always been a striper guy. I used to keep it in Virginia in the winter, which I still do. But then I'd keep it in Cape May in the early spring. Then I bring it here, and then I bring it right up to New England. You know, I used to keep it in uh, Connecticut or Block Island to fish up there for stripers, right? you don't really have to do that anymore. This is really like the mecca of striper fishing now. It's crazy. And it's absolutely crazy. And the change is our bait. Like, I started 25 years ago, 30 years ago. I'd be pulling bunker spoon because I couldn't get bunker, right? Now, it's like, I mean... It's April and I'm throwing a net, you know, actually Bob was throwing a net, but we, <laughs> we were getting bunker yesterday. It was, you know, like, it's not hard, like wherever you want to go, you're getting bait. That's totally different than it used to be. And that, that I mean, that, once again, and that's changed where these fish go. That's why they like, like, like people talk about, oh, this, you know, everybody puts their boats in at the end of March and they're like, oh, the stripers, the stripers showed up. No, the stripers didn't show up. The humans showed up. The stripers, the <laughs> stripers haven't left. Right. They've been here since the fall. We took our boats out. And all of a sudden, the striper fishing was over. We put our boats in and all of a sudden, the striper show up. No, no you're that lucky that the day you put your boat in, the striper showed up. No, I think that they were already there.
0: Chris was you'd
2: have a hard
1: time. You'd have a hard
2: time making anglers.
1: Some anglers believe what you just said is true. I think yes. they, they really want to believe that that day, that week,
2: that was the week. Chris, that was the week they all showed up. They Chris was infuriated
0: up. all season because every time we went uh, either sea bass fishing or black fishing, on the way out there was so many stripers everywhere that the captain of the boat just cannot. And this was on multiple different boats. The captain just can't resist. And yeah. they forget we—they forget we came here. Like one time we showed up with like what we showed up with like six dozen uh crabs for black fishing. Yeah, and like and, we. Came. And I've
1: got my black fishing gear with a little shitty green on my face. I'm like, oh, we're going. Back. <coughs> we
0: come we come through the inlet bunker, bombing on bait everywhere, and like the crabs died and went to waste because now we're chasing stripers all day, and then we went black uh sea bass fishing and again on the way out stripers everywhere the guy starts uh striper fishing so Chris keeps getting infuriated that the stripers are uh getting his captain's
2: attention off what he's trying to i I, I totally think chris has, chris has a has a true gripe right there definitely a true gripe that is a fact there is a there is a lot of I bass. Mean,
1: but let's be honest, like, I get over it. It's fishing. I love all fish. I- I'll go fishing for bluegills with Joe, for Christ's sake. I mean, I don't care.
2: I'm the same way, man. I love, I mean, like, I just, if it's blowing, I'm going. I'm going bluegill fishing, going trout. I love our wild trout streams. I love spruce run. I love round do you valley. Like, do you, I, you
0: like largemouth bass, Chuck?
2: Love largemouth bass. I largemouth Can bass you? fishing Yeah, Uh-oh. largemouth bass fish fishing yesterday. I wasted half my day. Waiting for them to, I was like, damn, this is the first day they're gonna move in in the shallows because that 75 degree air temperature and that sun. I'm like, damn, they're coming in. So I went to went went to local lake and I was sitting there, nothing, 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 and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the bluegill started coming at about one o'clock. And I, you know, and I had just gotten I just gotten into town from the final. I was out at the final four, and then I'm like, I knew I was going fishing that night. I had a drive down the shore, so I'm like, ah, come on. And all of a sudden, here come two friggin' giant largemouth, and I hooked both of them, and I lost both of them, and I was pissed. I was pissed, so, anyway. Do you, it you, out fresh, on striper. you
0: freshwater fish a lot, too?
2: Oh, yeah, probably at least a couple days a week. You, you mm-hmm. trout fish? Yes, I do. A lot of trout fishing. Really? Mm-hmm. Nice. I, 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 I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm not a stocky guy. Yeah. I, I don't really like that um so i'm like the i'm kind of like justin um you know i'm not nearly as good as justin but like i'll i'm going to like the smallest little trout streams you know i'm trying to go in these little wild trout streams i love you know just i drift those little i drift a plug down down the pool to the other end and just rip it through the pool and watch one of those Little fuckers come flying out from underneath the roots. that's the best, man. They hit hard, hard. So I, oh, I love yeah. little wild brown. Trout. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You
1: piss them off. They uh, yeah. they got some piss and vinegar in
2: them. No doubt. And Jersey's got some good, good friggin' and some very good wild trout streams. People are so, very under underutilized, which is good. Good, good for us. It you is.
0: Know. Let Let me ask one more question that I have because this happens to me a lot. I jump out on the boat. I launch. I head out in Raritan Bay. I'm doing my normal thing, just uh, you know, trolling mojo's and umbrella rigs, hitting my normal spots. Uh, no marks anywhere. No fish anywhere. No birds anywhere. I have no idea what to do.
2: What What does Chuck Manny do? What do I do? The greatest thing about Raritan Bay is that it's not that big. So what I tell people all the time is you need to believe your electronics, right? So you, you know what a striped bass, you should know what a striped bass looks like versus a bluefish versus whatever, right? And the great thing about Raren Bay is worst case, my, my boat, the time man is not that fast. So I'm going full bore, I'm going 28 knots, right? I'm driving around that day in circles from West Bank, the Ammo Pier, the Keyport, right, to the Triangle, to Great Kills Harbor, and I'm just going to go in circles until I mark them and find them because they're there somewhere, right, and that bay ain't that big. All you're doing is blowing maybe 40 minutes to ride around that bay, right, and, and you're going to find them. But a lot of people do is they get impatient, and they got to put out the mojos. They got to put it out, right? And they don't catch anything, but, but I would tell you just believe, learn your electronics, believe your electronics, and just go, and that bay, bay ain't that big, and forget about where the cluster of boats are. Forget about them, right? Just the, go fleet. Drive we, the,
0: fleet. Where, the fleet.
2: Yes, get away striper from the fleet. fleet. And once again, the, that striper fleet tends to be on that south side of the bay. I gotta tell you, that, that north side of that bay from You know, up along up along Staten Island is very quiet and very good. You know, that's what I would tell people.
1: Well, yeah, a lot of the times that fleet, right. One boat stops, right. Another boat comes out, says, oh, what's this guy doing here? I want to stop it. Now there's two boats there. Now two more boats come out. Ah, Those guys must be on fish. Now there's five boats there. Next thing you know, there's a fleet there. There might not even be a fucking fish there.
0: It's the blind blind leading the blind.
2: Exactly. I've I've gone
1: out sometimes with some guys, you know, and we can't find anything. you are like, oh, let's go see what these guys are doing. And you drive through and you're just like, there's nothing here. What the fuck are these guys
2: doing? It's three people sunbathing. Right. And once again, either you're marking or you're not marking. It isn't like your machine is wrong. Like that. That's the great thing about today. This ain't fifty years ago. You got the technology. Just drive around, yeah. you know. Figure it no, out, you, and don't worry about everybody else.
1: And and it doesn't need to be this super expensive fish finder. I mean, even the lower end models
2: are amazing now. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I don't have like you know a lot of stuff. I don't have side scan, right? I I don't have live scope. I don't have any of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. You, you don't. It's great if you have it, right? And I get the value of it, but man, you, a good just a good sonar system is all you need. You, you need to be able. To, the one thing about your sonar system, telling people all the time, is when you're running full bore, you should be able to. If you should be able to mark fish. If you run and it gets all fuzzy where you can't mark, you got a yeah. problem. You should be able to because you're you're running by. Some days you're running by the best bite. You know, might be might be right outside your marina. You don't know right after the right ramp. and
1: if and if you don't have that transducer or the wiring set up right uh, you're gonna you know what are you gonna do just slow down every time you think there's a fish just not it, it,
2: that's not reality you need, to, you need to be able to drive and if you can drive if you can drive 25 knots around raritan bay how long does it take you to drive around that bay? 40 minutes maybe i mean maybe, how much you spend your maybe whole day time, yeah Exactly. if you by the time you put out the mojos to go fifteen minutes without catching anything, you could have you probably would have found something.
0: Except so my boat not, in my yeah. boat, Chris, it would take probably six days, right? To I,
2: I'm not <laughs> going
1: any, I'm not going anywhere near Raritan. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I don't even want to go on Lake Opaca on your near boat. <laughs>
0: so Chuck, how does it feel to be so good of a fisherman that you're just a normal fisherman, but yet everyone thinks you're a, a charter guide. I mean, what does that feel like?
2: I, I, I guess it feels good. I, I mean, I like it. I love taking people. I, I take all kinds of people all the time, hit me up, and then I just – I mean, Justin Lerner, I never knew Justin. He's a great guy, right, and kind of built a friendship off of it. But he just reached out to me over Facebook, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll take you out. You know, like I don't like – the only reason I don't take out even more people is because of the reputation. Like, if I go by myself or I go with somebody that knows me, if, if we get skunked, it's not a big deal. If I take somebody that thinks I'm God... And you go out and you get skunked. Well, that is a big deal to, to me. It is to him. He'll be like, "Oh, I don't care. I just learned something." I I feel terrible. I can't do that. You know, you you'd then, feel
0: no pressure. You'd feel no pressure with us because we're used to getting skunked most of the time. So fish surprise I, us. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I feel I feel pressure going out with anybody. I promise you that. Like that's my thing. But like going back to what Justin said, you know, everyone always gets on my boat and they're like, "Oh, what? What? You know, can I give you a hundred bucks, two hundred bucks for gas?" and Anybody that's gotten on the boats since the day I've bought a boat has never given me a dime, and all I do is they have to bring they, they bring the food and the drinks, and we're good. Let's go fish. So that sounds that like works. a good deal. That sounds like a good <laughs> deal. Yeah, that's a good deal. Chuck, uh, you, you are awesome. I don't know what else to say.
1: You're just the yeah. coolest dude, man. <laughs> you <laughs> You're awesome. Are. You're the man,
0: Chuck. You're the man.
2: Man, you guys are killing he's, me, man. You guys he's are so,
1: he's up. he's so humble when you say shit
2: like that. He gets all red. Chuck, I, I just sit it's here. Hard, and, it's hard not to get red when you're already a ginger. You're right.
0: I could just, <laughs> I could just sit. i could sit here and talk fishing with you for
2: hours, no problem. Yeah, tell you, but the, hey, going back to those—if you don't mind me bringing something up—going back to yeah. those planer boards, every person that fishes should have a set of those planer boards, and because. Like, like what I was saying, you know, okay, I, I like to pull the yields, right? But there are thousands of applications for that planer board that people, like, if you use them, for example, I, if you remember a few years ago, there was an unbelievable early bite, like on the sedge banks and really shallow along Raritan Bay, right? And the guys that were catching were really just the shore guys. The boat guys were having a hell of a time, right? And I, I would take an SP minnow, take that SP minnow, I put it, I couldn't get the time in, in there, I got an inboard diesel, right, so I only can get into like mm. two, three, I only get like three feet of water, I put that, that SP minnow behind that planer board, slide it to the bank, that fucker would get slammed left and right, like, just clobbered, and like, nobody thinks, everybody sees a planer board and they think of just what I do, right? Um, yeah. One of the things, I, I love to fish the Arizona Bridge, right? But I mean, I've gotten fined a couple of times for getting too close to it, right? A couple of years ago, I got a $500 <laughs> fine because I was fishing on the bridge. And, but now I take the planer board, I put a live bunker behind that planer board. I, I that planer board, I just push it <laughs> out. Go, I stay 75 feet out and I put that planer board right on the pilot and just get whale, bass, blowing a bunker out of the water. There's so many applications. And, you know, that's one of the things I would tell people on the show is man, get some of those planer boards and just like try to figure out different things to use them. Going back to a fresh, if you wanted a freshwater thing, like I'm in the Delaware and the current of the Delaware, right. I want to get my bait out a little bit further. I put it on a planer board near the shore, slide the planer board out with the rod and it just sits out there, you know, like your walleye fishing or your whatever cat yeah. fishing. Yeah. I run you can my, get it out as far as you want. really, I
1: never really, boat, I never really thought about that. That's a, that's a great idea. My, bad bad I
0: run four. I run four planter boards off each side, and Chris, until Chris lost, I run offshore plant. I don't know which ones you use. Yeah. I use offshore. Oh God, Chris lost go. one. Uh, it's gone, and yeah, you did. No, so I, I had seven. I had to buy a replacement one for the one Chris lost. You didn't
1: put it on right.
0: No, you put I it was on. Fighting the fish. I didn't put it on. You put it up. He didn't put it behind oh. the peg, Chuck. You know, the peg inside, he didn't side, put it it behind it. And I, I'm fighting a fish while the board floats away into the Round Valley Bermuda Triangle. Vanished. Now
1: you're fighting the fish, too? No.
0: And then this he broke it. Got no and, then, and then just... about 10 minutes after that, he ripped the the, the, the entire handle on the downrigger. He ripped it off.
2: He ripped <laughs> it off. down and broke <laughs> like, uh, do you, you want me to tell you? You want, you want, a, story? You want a story about a planer board? let's hear it here's a story about a planer board so if anybody gets on my boat and matt will probably tell you this my planer boards have flash on them they have all kinds of things hanging off of them super thing because i've seen so many fish come up on the board right so this is now it's going to be the third three years ago moth asbury park pulling eels and my closest planer board, maybe it's 20 feet off the side of the boat on the surface, all of a sudden, this bass comes up and I see the bass come up behind the planer board. And he comes up and wails the planer board, right? Tries to eat it. Comes off of it, comes up again, devours the planer board, and the line starts ripping dress. I'm like, holy, I'm like, I'm telling you, it didn't eat the eel. I had this fish on it. It ended up being a 48-pound fish. Got it to the boat. The planer board was stuck sideways in the mouth of the striped bass. No, it ate the planer God. board and got stuck. I swear to God, I Chris, swear to God,
0: can you put circle no, hooks know. on a planer board? Is that legal?
2: I swear to God that that's a true story. I caught a 48 pound bass on the planer board, ate it. So that's a you story for you right there. And I, uh,
1: you know, what? I believe it because I, I've, I have seen. I have seen Dwayne catch a crappie while he's drop-shotted. Not, not on the lure, but on the elongated weight that you use with a drop-shot
2: rig. Drop-shot. Just
1: wedged, wedged in the fish's mouth. mouth.
2: like. <laughs> That's exactly what the, the planer board was. Just wedged the bottom. Board. Wedge. Wedged in this poor bat. The bass was so happy that I got the planter board out of its mouth. It was so exciting. <laughs> oh,
0: I'm sure. <laughs> That's
2: great. Well, <laughs> real,
1: real quick. So, do you use a specific brand of planer board or any kind? That's like obviously, it's got to have some kind of sturdiness to it. You can't just go out there with a typical freshwater yeah. There's board, a there, I think.
2: there's a brand called Trophy Stalker planer boards. You can buy them direct, so it's Trophy Stalker S T A L K E R planer boards. You can look it up, and all you will see is pictures of giant striped bass because. They're they're the lake guys that fish in Chesapeake. And that that's the board I use. So I used to use like walleye boards, the offshore boards. Nothing nothing compared to those those trophy stalker ones for what I do, you know, for what I do. That that's the brand I use.
1: You have anything they straight else? up catch the stripers themselves. <laughs>
2: yes
0: you have anything else you want to plug any bait shops any how,
1: how do you get a? how do you get a team
0: time and uh hooded sweatshirt how do you get one of those right,
2: that's you know? straight from me that's another thing that doesn't come with any cost that's just say hey dude oh my god i love that sweatshirt i need one that's how people get them they know so man, basically this guy
0: this guy's saying he has a pen of 400 eels and you basically have to bring him some drinks and a pizza. And you get a hooded sweatshirt and get to catch giant stripers all day. Like, there has to be – he must be a serial killer or something. Well, what's yeah. the behind that? No,
2: I mean, it must be it must be that when you get on my boat, you're like, okay, this dude, I don't – I'm never getting on with him again. Most people, like, don't. There's very few people that come back because, like, when I go, like, I'm going, like, when sun up and I'm coming in the – we're coming home in the dark. People are like, holy shit, when are we going home?
0: Oh, ask Chris. Chris, oh, when
1: we going
2: home?
0: Chris, what'll happen if Chuck doesn't let me give him gas money? What'll happen?
1: Joe, Joe has a panic attack.
2: <laughs> Joe, Joe's attack. having a no,
1: I can't, I can't fish for free. You gotta let me help. You gotta that let me that do something.
2: That, that ain't happening, Joe.
0: <laughs> I freak, man, when they people. You better, you better
1: bring, steak. you better bring a lot of pizzas if you if you go with Chuck. Exactly, exactly. All right, I'll make home.
0: up for it in pizza.
1: There Chuck, can't
0: i i i can't thank you enough chuck for coming on i hope you come back on and hopefully we get to get out on that boat with some gopros any any time any
2: time i do got some good videos underwater from the striped bass eating you know eating those eels that's do you I have do. a you, you know what you no i a don't channel? no that's way too much technology for me chuck i could barely get on the skype call are you kidding me?
0: how do people see these videos
2: I, they would just have to go back in my Instagram stuff or my Facebook stuff. You know? Oh, so
0: they're online. All right, and yeah. Chuck, so Chuck, Manny, what's your Instagram tag?
2: It's you know Chuck Time Man Manny. It's just that you know. Okay. You know, they will come up. Yeah, I mean the only the only stuff that I do use, you know, just plug in Shimano. I'm a big Shimano guy. I love my Shimano stuff. So that that's one thing I plug. That stuff is some. Basket Nothing like a, a Trinidad 20 or 30. That's my that's my go-to reel, you know. Good Terramar rod. Fucking money. So. Nice. That'd be my one plug for Shimano.
1: <laughs>
0: what do you got left for me, Chris?
1: Uh, I I mean, I could sit here and talk to when I when I swung by earlier today, I was like, oh can I can, can
2: I Hey Chris, can I give the one rooster fish story? I know it's not Jersey. Oh yeah, dude. Because when you told me about it, was real interesting. And so, so Joe, one of the things going back to my comment about like people from New Jersey go on vacation and then they don't really use what they learned on their vacation here fishing. Same exact thing. So we go to Panama, right? And we're on like a mothership, so it's like you're off grid, right? Pretty awesome. But anyway, the one the lures that we're working were exactly what we use for striped bass. So I'm throwing an SP minnow and a hydro minnow. We're like the go-to lures, right? And we've got this bite of yellow, small yellowfin, like eight to 10 pound yellowfin tuna up against these rocks, right, on Panama. And I'm chucking this this hydro minnow and I hook up with like an eight pound yellowfin on a 4,000 reel. And the next thing you know, I'm reeling it in and out of nowhere, I get slammed, right? And all of a sudden, like, I can't control this fish. I'm like, holy crap. And I'm assuming it's like a giant bull shark or something ate this yellowfin. Nope, 55-pound rooster fish. Took me 45 minutes to get this rooster in. I saw it. The, the, the,
0: the, the picture is unbelievable, too. It's yeah. a, that fish is unbelievable.
2: And that, that, the biggest one of those pictures, that ate, that ate an eight-pound yellowfin tuna. That's how I caught that fish, on a hydro minnow. <laughs> good. Awesome. That is awesome yeah but i appreciate
0: appreciate you coming on and i i hope you come back on and i hope we get to go fishing i really do
1: yeah
2: definitely Uh, thanks guys i appreciate it i
1: i just found out chuck lives like 10 minutes from me and he's retired and all he does is fish so now i'm just gonna be knocking on his door with my fishing rod well let's go let's go
0: if he's complaining about people that don't want to come back because he stayed out too long, he found the right two people for that because we'll complain when he goes in.
1: I've, I've had people on my boat just begging me. Can, can, can I please go home? Can you just drop oh, yeah. me somewhere? I'll, I'll walk.
2: And I'm that like, does like Shut
1: your mouth. Shut your mouth. Fall asleep in the back of the boat. Do something. Twiddle your thumbs. Find something to do because I ain't leaving until I catch another fish.
2: There you go, man. That's what it's all about. Okay, guys. Thank you so much, man. You're awesome. You're welcome, man. man. See you, man. See
0: ya. That was awesome. Hopefully, we get to go fishing with him soon. That'd be great. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. He really is. He's that dude. I want to be his friend. I want Chuck. I want to be your best friend. Let's let's be let's be like (laughs) stepbrother. Let's be best friends. I love that (laughs) guy. I love
1: him. Chuck is awesome. I mean, uh, I've known people that that know him, but I didn't get to meet him until today. Uh, You know, uh, my buddy Brandon, he he was his uh, baseball coach, I believe. He was an awesome coach back back when he played baseball. I don't want to admit
0: this, but... I I, kinda, I I I kind didn't want to admit while he was here, but I kind of thought he was a fucking car. I thought he was a charter boat captain, too. I, I didn't know
1: that he was just fishing. I I had to just tell that story. I mean, I did. He's just it's
0: fishing, handing story. out free hoodies like this guy. And he's got people complaining he's going in too late. Like, Chuck, call me tomorrow. Let's get together. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, nah, he's, he's awesome. He's the man for sure. Awesome. What do you have from
0: uh, hmm. Mr.
1: Graybill? At Lake O'Pakon. Yeah. So be, be before as we you said,
0: sign but, off, here. I want to just, as you did say, um, you're getting a report from Lake on which is the biggest lake in the state of New Jersey, so you can pretty much use it, like Chris said, anywhere else. Go ahead.
1: Right. You kind of, you know, we're getting these these reports from Aaron Graybill and Lake on Guide Service, you know, which. Is awesome. You know, we can't thank them enough for that.
0: Um, on, a side because- note, on a side note, without the fishing report, Eddie Mackin has completely vanished from all social media. He's gone. What that means is yeah. the fishing's
1: good because that's what happens. <laughs> no, no Mackin- it's, it's more than the fishing's good. It's well great.
0: when Van, Mackin, like Mackin's on Facebook, he's here, he's there, all of a sudden he's gone. It happens every year around first or second week of April. Mackin's gone. He's like Aaron Rodgers in the dark room. He's gone, all electronic. That's how you know the pan fishing and walleye bite is good at Lake Pacon. When Mackin disappears. That's all the fishing report you need to know. Mackin's gone. Fishing's great.
1: So you don't need me to go through any of this. Are you good? We'll go
0: through that because Graybill posted two gigantic walleye on Facebook. So let's hear what he has to say, too.
1: Well, like I was saying before Joe interrupted me again, uh, you know, we get these reports from Aaron Graybill. And just because you're not going to be fishing on Lake Opakong doesn't mean a report from Lake Opakong is useless to you. Right. You can use you can use it, modify it a little bit here and there, depending on the lake. It's all stuff you got to learn, right? Anyway, uh, you know he, he wanted us to spread the word that Deep Club has been helping. Uh, I think they're on their second stocking of trout in the lake was completed. All right, so there's a lot of there's a lot of trout swimming around in there, and you, you can just to be clear, you can fish for trout in Lake Opacong. You just have to release them immediately until opening day, which is <clears throat> Saturday. Um. I believe they, the Need Club stocked uh, a lot of brown trout in there for the, they're kind of doing, I guess, an experiment, you'd call it. They're studying. Uh, be, yeah, there's, there's a lot of uh, speculation that's backed by, you know, some good data that the brown trout can maybe actually hold over in Lake Opakon through the summer and, and kind of hold over in there and survive which is pretty cool to think about i mean it's definitely happening i guess it's just a matter of how much it's happening if it's to a point that where it's not just like a fish here and there happens to get through the summer
0: well because you know I, mean? I was right that lake Packon does have the state record rainbow trout, and it was verified on YouTube by Fast Eddie. So you were 100% wrong. So we know there's big fish.
1: When did I argue with you about that? Oh!
0: Now, if you want to talk about pulling up tape, you had a whole thing with this. There's a whole thing on YouTube with Fast Eddie, and he backed me up on it. It came out of Lake Pat. You said, whatever.
1: What did I say? Oh, Deuce Deuce can find it. I don't if know Deuce what you
0: can said. It, said so, you said can that wasn't
1: make a TikTok video out of it. I don't care.
0: Fast Eddie posted on what uh, YouTube that it was caught in 1982 by. He even wrote the name and Lake Apacon. Right. And, and I wrote, I, I posted I under I that. So Chris that. is wrong.
1: Yeah, but I couldn't figure out why you were saying that because I never disputed that.
0: All right, you totally ruined the, the Lake Apopka fishing report now. It's...
1: I think you ruined it, but I'm going to get back. To I don't it anyway. need
0: it. I don't need it. Eddie Mackin's gone. I know the deal already.
1: Look, all right. If you want to just go to the bottom line, the fishing on Lake Opacon right now is fucking awesome. All right. Thank if you. you can get out there, get out there. <laughs> so Aaron Grable sends me this big, long report, and I just summarized it to the, the, the fishing on Lake O'Pakon is fucking awesome. And you can now jump on a boat for $85
0: on Monday or Thursday if you have nothing to do at night with, the, with them.
1: Yeah, I mean, in all seriousness, like, the, the walleye are starting to move. They're starting to whack some real nice walleye, you know, as the sun's going down or the sun's coming up. Like, it, it's getting good. Um, he did say that, the, you know, the hybrid stripers are still kind of holding off deep. And uh, you just got to kind of look for them with your fish finder. But, again, he said if, if you find them, you could you can hit them with jigs, vertical jigs, uh, those snap jigs, throw, flip them out a little bit, rip those snap jigs back. They are definitely very catchable.
0: Well, so, right? just, he
1: so
0: also- just so you know and everyone else knows, he's giving away – he's giving us four tickets – Four free tickets onto those open boats he's also giving us a free four hour uh guided fly fishing trip for two people with their lead fly fishing guide and then that you
1: did not that you did not mention before
0: he's also giving us a four hour trip for two on Lake apacon with Kevin cool, so we have four we have three. We have four separate trips to give out, and then we have. It was two. learning to
1: count, guys. Just there. And then
0: it. yeah, we're relearning to count. And then we have two separate big trips to give out. So we're gonna figure out how we're gonna make you win these trips. But yeah, it's really cool for them to do that. So that's gonna be awesome. We're we're still thinking about how, but we're gonna come up with it soon. If you actually have any ideas on how, you could email us. Hey,
1: I mean, guys, like. And with anything, really, like send us a message, post under the whatever we post like this. This is for everyone. This this is the New Jersey. Ah, uh, what the fuck? Yeah, so I just I'm sorry. I uh, Chuck actually called me and I just dropped the whole podcast because I'd rather talk to him than Joe. But we weren't done yet. So I'm back now. Um. Joe, we're just about done. We're going to wrap it up here. Did you want to beg for subscribers before we log out? Or
0: uh, Yeah, definitely uh, part of winning those trips, you're going to have to subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's how I'm going to blackmail everyone. So If you're not subscribed to my YouTube, you, you can't win any fishing trips. And uh, you have to subscribe to the Lake of Pack Guide Service Facebook page, too. Or you also can't win uh we'll we'll get all
1: the rules in writing
0: Um, i'm doing this now from my hoboken loft
1: yeah that's how you know the episode's done when joe starts fucking around with his background
0: yes we will be back next week we'll announce a guest by monday guys please hit the subscribe button on youtube and please uh drop us an email like the lake pack on guide service facebook page um and Chris, you were saying just before you got cut off how, how you, I,
1: you Oh, I didn't get cut off. I literally dropped you <laughs> off the chuck.
0: Well, just finish what, what you were saying. How, how you were saying um how this is for everyone.
1: Oh, right. I mean, in all seriousness, guys, like this podcast is is supposed it's it's the people's podcast. It's it's the the New Jersey Anglers podcast. Like we want you to interact with it. We want you to treat it almost As if it's a forum in podcast form.
0: Yes. And it also takes a lot of work to put this together and get these people and get everyone in here and get them. And also, we do this every week. And uh, obviously, we we don't get paid for this. Um, We put our own time in it. It's not hard to just click the subscribe button. It's so easy. Just subscribe. So simple. Hit it and that's it. You're done. Just do it. I go through all just, this
1: shit. You can just hit subscribe. You're really, you're really just pulling at people's heartstrings, I think. I do every week. Please. They really.
0: Please hit the subscribe. All right. We will be back <laughs> next week. We will be back next week. Everyone have a great opening day trout season on Saturday. We'll probably be out on a pack on Friday. I will be. If you're on a pack on Friday, uh, look for uh, me on a black tracker. I'll be out there somewhere. Maybe Chris will be there too.
1: Yeah, I'll think about it. Yes. Get out there, guys. Get those kids out there. Have fun.
0: Have a good opening day.